0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In 2013, and I remember reading this at the time and doing interviews on it, and I may have spoken at that time with our guest who's with us today. England's chief medical officer warned of a health apocalypse as bacteria were learning to overcome antibiotics, And new drugs aren't available to counter the situation. She said, quote, antibiotics are losing their effectiveness at a rate that is both alarming and irreversible, similar to global warming. The apocalyptic scenario is that when I need a new hip in 20 years, I'll die from a routine infection because we've run out of antibiotics. Well, here we are 10 years later, and the World Health Organization warns of something called AMR. As a top 10 global public health threat, AMR is antimicrobial resistance. It's the same issue Professor Sally Edwards warned about in 2013. and the British medical journal, The Lancet showed that in 2019, 1.27 million deaths were already caused by AMR, and between 2010 and 2019, Listen to this. 18 novel antibiotics were introduced across 14 developed nations. Only two of these new antibiotics are available in Canada. Jason Tetro is microbiologist. He's the author of The Germ Guy and The Germ Code. He's the host of the super awesome science show on the Curious Cast Network. Jason, uh, so good to talk to you again. Put
1: this into context for us, please. How much trouble are we in? You know... We first talked about this uh, back in 2014, and that's when we essentially saw the World Health Organization say that antimicrobial resistance, we used to call it antibiotic resistance, but (laughs) we can get into that in a minute, um, was a crisis. And I'll tell you something. um, For me, it was a crisis in 1996 because I went to the doctor. I had pneumonia. I wasn't feeling so good. Couldn't breathe. Um, She gave me an antibug, an antibiotic, right? I went home, didn't work. I still had pneumonia. And that was my first encounter with antibiotic resistance. Now, thankfully, she had something else. I was allergic to it, but it still got rid of the infection. That was okay. What's happening, though, is that more and more often, you're going to the doctor. They're having the exact same experience I had in 1996, but then they basically shrug their shoulders and say, well, we don't have anything else. And that's the problem that we're facing now. And over the last, oh, I'd say five years, we've heard numerous stories in the news like front page type headlines of a person who died of a urinary tract infection or someone who died of a very simple pneumonia or we're hearing about flesh eating diseases that are happening and these particular bugs are antibiotic resistant i mean it's starting to happen at a point where we're hearing about it in the news and then the next step which is what of course everyone's warning about is that it's going to be at your doorstep
0: yeah so i uh um March 31st, we talked about this yesterday, and I've been tweeting about it. I've been off for just over two months now, fighting uh, mm-hmm. an illness. I have uh, prostate cancer, and I had a situation developed that was very much related to that. My kidneys essentially shut down. Oh, yeah. And I was rushed to an emergency uh, room at Oakville Trafalgar Hospital, where the ER doctors were not sure I was going to survive the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So they did their magic on me, and they transferred me to the uh, intensive care unit where I was for four days and then down to another unit in the hospital for another eight days. I'm assuming that they used at least some antibiotics to keep me going or get me better, get me stable, and get, keep me going. Um, the That was great, but are we in a situation now where some people are going to potentially face a similar reality and the bugs will sneer at the antibiotic? And, and harm that person further.
1: I've seen it. Um, wow. I, I, I have friends who have had husbands and colleagues go into the hospital, and they have a simple assinantibacter infection, or they have a simple cobsiella infection, and they're in the hospital for weeks, if not months. Some end up in ICU as a result of the fact that they just simply cannot get rid of this bug and i think in your case first off i'm so glad you made it thank you <laughs> so, so much thank to to you and <laughs> thank like, you. Yeah, what yeah, happened thanks. my goodness um but I mean, I want more stories like yours where people are coming out and fewer of the stories of people who are unfortunately harmed for life or simply don't come out. Um, and and we're hearing more and more of that as a result of these bugs that essentially can resist antibiotics or antimicrobials.
0: So these bugs are just generally, or a, on a broad, more broad scale, becoming aware of how to Defeat the antibiotics, but antibiotics are everywhere in our lives. We the the, the mm-hmm. food we eat, right? The animals that are in the food chain—they're yeah. fed—they're fed antibiotics.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and that's something that I've been promoting for over 10 years now is you know, what I call antibiotic abstinence in agriculture. I mean, we can have a very sustainable agricultural system without the use of antibiotics. Now, you've probably seen commercials from you know, restaurants and other companies saying, well, we never use antibiotics in our meat or we never use antibiotics in our feed. Right. That's great to hear. But again, we need to have that as a universal so that we have fewer antibiotics in the system. Because, And I want people to hear this and, and think about this. It's not the fact that the antibiotic is in the feed that's the problem. It's the fact that the antibiotic goes into the runoff, which then goes into the stream, which then goes into the river, which then goes downstream and ends up in a bacterium that eventually is going to end up back in the food chain and back into you. So it's not just the farm itself. It's the entire ecosystem where that antibiotic is going to have an effect. And I get it, it probably means nothing to those people who are listening right now. But when it comes to your doorstep and you go and you say, I would like to have an antibiotic, and they're like, well, we don't know if it's gonna be effective or not. That is why you wanna make sure it's not in the feed. What do we do now? Well, basically at this point, we have two options. One, we start becoming more diligent um, or we use stewardship with our antibiotics, not only in medicine, but in agriculture. And two, we start using all of the different options that we currently have to be able to look at how we can fight um, not just bacteria, but viruses and yeast and, and all sorts of fungi and everything using non-antibiotics. Things like bacteriophages, which are viruses that only attack bacteria. That's coming around. We can use nanoparticles, which are known for taking out these um, pathogens. And, and that's going to be fantastic. We can then start looking at other kind of antimicrobials for which we're not going to have any kind of resistance. The fact of the matter is, is we were doing this in the 1940s and then antibiotics came around and we're like, no, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. We need to literally go back to the future and start doing what we were doing all the way back then.
0: You know, I was shocked when I saw the uh, the information about the projections that uh, by 2050, This issue is going to cost Canada's healthcare system an additional $7.6 billion a year. But
1: where do you spend this? Well, and the thing is, is that that's the healthcare system, okay? We're not talking about productivity. We already know that antibiotic resistance can have approximately a 35% effect on an individual's productivity over the course of a year because instead of getting better and then going back to work, they're too busy trying to fight off a bug. And so imagine what that happen, what that's like if we start having larger amounts of people having antibiotic-resistant infections or antimicrobial-resistant infections. And then all of a sudden start thinking about what it's like when beds in healthcare facilities are full because you're treating these individuals and yeah. you will no longer have the ability to get into a bed. I mean, we're already hearing about people in hallways in emergency rooms like it snowballs, but it always starts with you having to understand that that antibiotic that you're getting when you're having a cold may not be necessary.
0: We could be in pre penicillin days or are we already there?
1: Well, we already are with gonorrhea and some of the ascendiopsobacter and Candida auris. So the, we're already there with some of these bugs. It's just we're getting there with more bugs. And if we do get there with something like, say, a streptococcus um, that is known for causing not only strep throat, but also flesh eating disease, then we really got a problem. You're scaring me. Yeah.
0: You are. You're <laughs> scaring <laughs> the hell out of me.
1: I've been doing this for <laughs> I well know over you 15 have. years. And I've seen some improvements here in Canada, thankfully, but I have not seen improvements in other countries in in the world. And sometimes you just have to shake your head.
0: So for our listeners who want to find you, where would you send them?
1: If you happen to tweet, um, I'm at J. A. tetro, um, and if you want to reach out to me directly, just Google me, Jason Tetro, the germ guy and uh, you, you'll find places where you can send me emails and you can also head over to my blog and of course, my uh, The Super Awesome Science Show. I would love it if you listen to it. Believe me, it's not as morbid as I am today. Sometimes you'll laugh, sometimes you'll cry, but you'll definitely be entertained.
0: You're an amazing communicator.